0: You're listening to Live Free Creative, an intentional podcast with practical tips for living your life on purpose. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I believe in creativity, adventure, curiosity, and the magic of small moments. I hope that every time you listen, you feel empowered and free to live the life that you want. Hello, hello, welcome back to the show. You're listening to episode 174 Biannual Closet Audit. It's kind of a mouthful. I'm gonna be sharing today how our family manages our wardrobes, which is a question that I've gotten over the last several years. I have loved shifting to this system that works really well for my family. It's helped our shopping for clothes be more sustainable, more intentional, we feel more at home and comfortable in the things that we're wearing. We also have gained back huge amounts of time and energy, and I know that my budget definitely benefits from having a specific system. I'm going to share the ins and outs of how I manage my family's biannual closet audit. Whether or not the system that I share works for you or is something that you feel like you'd be interested in, I think that listening to the way that we manage things will probably help give you some ideas of different areas in your own life regarding how you shop for and think about your closet, your clothing, that could be a little bit more simple if there's any areas of friction or things that feel like they're a little bit overwhelming or you don't know where to start, hopefully listening to this episode will give you some ideas. And if you feel like I want to dive in and and try something just like what Miranda does, I've created a couple worksheets that go along with this episode that you can download in the show notes at livefreecreative.co slash podcast that kind of give you an overview of how to get started. Before I jump into the episode, I want to let you know that the registration is open and available for my upcoming Spring Creative Camp Deep Work Weekend. It's going to be April 20th through 24th in Southern Utah in a beautiful home in a small town called Hurricane. Live Free Creative Camp was designed specifically based on some incredible evidence-based practices for focus, creativity, and efficiency. The way that I've structured Creative Camp is that we take care of all of your most important needs so that you can take care of your most important work. The weekend includes some really fun community relationship building because there's always an amazing magical group of women who attend. We provide all of the food, daily yoga and meditation practices, outdoor activities, professional headshots, A one-on-one creative coaching session, some group masterminds where you get all of the intelligence of the group focused on your project. And most of the time at camp is spent with you having hours of uninterrupted focus. Hours a day where you can put your head down and dive deep into that project that has been hanging over your head or that thing that you keep thinking about wanting to work on and you can't quite get there within the confines of your everyday regular schedule. Some examples of the projects that people have worked on at Creative Camp are writing a book proposal. Many women have come and worked on their books themselves. In addition to writers, we've also had women who've come working on courses for their small business. We've had women getting ready to launch a new company or a blog and wanting to get all of the back end pieces all put together. We've had some women attend who simply wanted that space and time to reflect and to journal and to read, to use that deep focus time as deep internal focus and relaxation where they could just have some space. We've also had some photographers who've come and used that time to get caught up on sessions and rework some of the back end of their business. All of the details are available at livefreecreative.co slash camp. There are limited spots available, and I would love to see you there if this feels like it would be the right fit for you. Now, today's segment for episode 174 is Peaks of the Week. As today's episode is about closets and clothing, I thought I would share five of my very favorite. Some of these I've loved for a long time. Some of them are are sort of newish discoveries for me. And all of them are going to be a major part of my upcoming spring-summer capsule wardrobe. So I wanted to share them with you. Number one are a pair of classic Converse high tops. I have loved Converse for a long time. I've worn and walked through several different pairs. I keep coming back to just basic, wonderful, classic Chuck Taylor's. And right now I'm into the high tops. For many years, I wore just the classic below the ankle tie style navy blue, was my favorite color. I really think I had about three or four pairs that I walked all the way through, ended up with holes in the soles before I replaced them with an equal pair just new. Right now, though, I am wearing almost daily a pair of seafoam green high tops that my little sister died and gave to me because they didn't fit her anymore, and I love them. There's something about having the high top piece that makes them a little bit more transitional between seasons, so they are great in the spring, great in the fall. I've been wearing them all winter. I think even in the summer, the high tops look cute with shorts, I like them with socks sticking out of them. I like them with bare legs sticking out of them. They're very comfortable to walk in. I just wore them on our trip to Portugal. We walked miles a day up and down cobblestone streets and they've been fantastic. I also really think the two layer ones are cute. So they have like the basic sole check tailors and then they have the double layer ones that are a little bit platform, which are also just add add a little height obviously, but also add kind of a little element of edginess that I think is fun. So. Check tailors, high tops, Converse high tops, peak of the week number one. My peak of the week number two are a specific brand of t-shirts that I discovered in West Texas when I was visiting one of my favorite places, Marfa, Texas. At El Cosmico in the gift shop, they have a whole line of really cool t-shirts. Beyond how cool the pattern is, the designs, I noticed that the t-shirt quality itself was so high and so great. So I did a little research By research, I mean I looked at the tag and then Googled the name and discovered a little t-shirt company out of LA called Filth Mart. Yes, you heard that correctly. Filth, F-I-L-T-H, Mart. Filth Mart specializes in vintage t-shirts, and they also have a whole line of silk-screened t-shirts made on their incredible bases, these tubular cotton tees. I bought my first one. In Marfa at El Cosmico, and then I've since ordered several. My summer, spring, summer wardrobe really consists of a lot of graphic tees and shorts. So I love having an incredible base t shirt that is a little bit funky, a little bit cool. I love a graphic tee, and the quality at Filth Mart is unmatched. They're my very favorite t shirts. I will say that they can be a little bit edgy, and not every design would be for everyone. And at the same time, I respect the creativity and really love the ones that I've chosen that I have. I wear on repeat and just absolutely love the quality and the kind of a little bit kookiness of them. Peak of the week number three are my very favorite swimsuits. I have done a blog post about these, but I wanted to mention them again here as we're heading into swimsuit season. I know it's coming soon. I just had a swimsuit on in an indoor pool in Portugal, and it was delightful to remember what it's like to be warm enough <laughs> to have a swimsuit on. A couple years ago, I was looking for sustainably made swimsuits, and I stumbled into somersault Salt ordered a couple and they have been my go-to bathing suits. I love them so much. I ordered two uh, one-piece styles and I'm gonna link in the show notes where I talk a little bit more about them in a full blog post. The fit and the quality of these suits has been so great. I highly recommend if you haven't tried a somersault suit and you're looking for a new swimsuit this year, they're really fun, bright colors. They're made with recycled plastic bottles, so they're sustainably made. The fit is really great, and they just are they're cute designs, interesting patterns. The blog post shares the, ex- the exact suits that I bought. One has like a lace-up, sort of a nautical front, and the other one has a little cutout in the front. They're both one pieces, and they're my favorite. So whenever I'm just like grabbing a suit really quick, that's the those are the ones that I grab because I know that no matter my mood, no matter how I've been feeling in the week, that I will feel wonderful in one of my somersault suits. Peak of the week number four is a denim jacket from Abel. If you've read my book, you know that I have a history with a love for denim jackets. <laughs> and I found this one when I was at a conference several years ago. Abel is a sustainable brand. Everything is made ethically and with fair trade and with organic materials, and I'm really impressed with the company as a whole. And this particular jacket, by the way, I'll make sure all of these things that I'm sharing about are linked in the show notes if you want to go directly to them. You can go to liveforcreative.co slash podcast. Episode 174 will have all of those links at the top. This Able jacket is a little bit distressed. It's a perfect fit, and I've worn it now for about five seasons it doesn't get old. It's one of those classic denim jackets. I will never need another one. I absolutely love it. And this is about the time where it starts coming out of my closet again as we're heading into spring. I pull it out. It's something that I easily can toss over my Filth Mart t-shirts with my Converse high tops on. <laughs> uh, so if you're in the market for a denim jacket, it's a really great one. I love everything that Abel makes too, so I will just toss that out. There is a fantastic, sustainable brand to be looking at if you are interested in more conscious consumption. Finally, I'm going to end with my Claire V Trucker hat as number five. If you've seen over the last six months or so on Instagram, I keep showing up with this bright yellow wee hat. We, the French word, yes. It's from Claire V, a brand I discovered through my little sister who is ultimately fashionable there's something so great about just putting on a cute hat this one has been my absolute favorite there's something about it being a little bit punchy a little bit unexpected feels like it's a perfect topper to anything that I put on I actually think a fun hat is a perfect addition to almost any outfit so my peak of the week number five is having a fun bright hat High Tops, Filth Martis, somersault Suits, Able Jacket, Claire V Hat, those are my Peaks of the Week. Okay, now let's dive into a biannual closet audit. What does that look like? What's the point? How can you get started? First, I think it's important to give a little bit of context to the idea of a capsule wardrobe or an edited wardrobe. Capsule wardrobe is a phrase that's been used a lot to mean a few different things. And so in episode six of this podcast, I share all about my capsule wardrobe, how to do a capsule wardrobe, the way I got started with that. So if you want a little bit more of a deep dive into a capsule wardrobe itself, you can listen to episode six. The easiest way to think about this for me is that you assemble a certain set of of clothing that is going to serve you for a determined amount of time. And you use those same clothes without adding to them for that amount of time. When I first got started with a capsule wardrobe, I did about a full year. This was before my year of not shopping. I did about a full year with my first capsule wardrobe because I lived in Texas and there wasn't a whole lot of seasonal change. And I found that once I started... Wearing only clothes that fit well and that I really loved, it was okay with me to repeat outfits over and over again because I felt so much more comfortable in the things I was wearing that it didn't matter, that it wasn't so novel all the time. That said, a 12-month capsule wardrobe doesn't probably work well for very many seasons or areas of the country. When we moved to Virginia, I started what I do now, which is my biannual closet audit, which essentially means that I form two capsule wardrobes per year for myself and also for my kids. This doesn't mean that I go out and get an entirely new set of clothes for each season. This means that I do an audit twice a year and I determine where the needs are and where some things have outgrown or no longer fit or are no longer I'm no longer interested in wearing. And I make those adjustments and then I don't think about it again until the next audit. So for the last 4 years I've been doing closet audits in the spring for a spring summer wardrobe and again in the fall for a fall winter wardrobe. This episode is going to explain kind of the ins and outs of what that looks like. Before I share all of those details, I want to just give a minute to explain what the benefits of using an edited wardrobe for me have been. Number one, I think it's been really incredible to see how when I really pared down and edited out my closet to just the things that I loved and that I wore most frequently, I started to get to know my style, my personal style in a way that I never had before. I've always been a little bit eclectic. I like a lot of different things. I like color, but I also like neutrals. I like pattern, but I also like solids. And I think until I did a capsule wardrobe, my first capsule wardrobe was in about 2014, right after Plum was born, which definitely was a time of kind of flexibility with my style because I had just gone through my childbearing years. I had had three kids in six years and my weight and my shape had gone up and down, of course, with pregnancy and maternity and postpartum and all of those fluctuations and definitely just a shifting in identity had left me sort of wondering, what do I even like? Like what clothes look good on me? What do I feel comfortable in? What does my lifestyle look like? Beyond that, I had gone from you know years of working in a, a professional environment I was when I worked in as a nurse I was a diabetes educator where I wore office clothes I wore a lab coat but I didn't wear scrubs in my professional life as a nurse so I had like a set of office clothes and then I had my home clothes but I didn't often do a lot of casual clothes at home you know, in the same day. So I'd change from office clothes into sort of like pajamas. And then on the weekends, I had to figure out what to wear. So I think all of the fluctuations in lifestyle, in body shape and size, in family dynamics left me feeling a little bit like I didn't know exactly what I wanted to wear or what I felt comfortable or good in. Forming a capsule wardrobe, an edited wardrobe where I really paid attention to each piece and how much I loved it and how it felt on my body and whether or not it mixed and matched well with the other pieces in my closet helped me hone in on a style. And I mentioned this in my book. When I started, I pared down my closet to a third or less of what had been there. When I got rid of, all at once, I got rid of all of the things that didn't fit, that I didn't like anymore, that I had held on to because I felt bad for them, <laughs> because I had bought, and even though I had never worn it, I felt like because it still had a tag on it, I couldn't get rid of it. When I did that initial closet audit and I really got rid of so many things I started wearing on repeat this very small section of clothes that remained I started getting compliments about how nice I looked and how cute I looked and people are saying oh I really like your style I really like that shirt I like those things that you are wearing and I thought it was so interesting because these I hadn't bought anything new these were all this a result of me simply only wearing things that I loved only wearing things that felt confident and comfortable to me. It was a true example of how getting rid of the more, just the random more, helped me feel so much better. So having some confidence, getting to know your style, having the clarity of really acknowledging what you like to wear and what feels good on you, And being okay if that's different from the trends, being okay if that's different from your friends, being okay if that's different from what you're seeing in the magazines or on Instagram, knowing that it's okay to have a personal style, it's okay for that style to feel like you and no one else. And I wouldn't say that my personal style is even very identifiable by someone, Because I really, I wear a lot of casual clothes. I wear a lot of jeans and t-shirts and sneakers. And yet I feel very much like myself in my clothes. So even if someone wouldn't say, oh, she has this particular style, I know what I like wearing. I can put on something and immediately tell if it's something that I would wear often or not. And that's a skill that I've learned through years of really giving myself permission to only wear things that I love only wear things that feel good to me and to get rid of things that don't. And I don't know why sometimes we feel like we need permission to get rid of things that we don't like anymore or that don't fit anymore or that we bought. Maybe it's because of that investment of you know initial time or if maybe someone gives you something and you feel like you should wear it because they give it to you. I love the idea of just giving yourself permission to only put on your body things that feel good to you. So we go from that place of a really edited closet to some of the natural factors of yes of course body shifting over time also seasonal factors of shorts and t-shirts aren't going to work all year in Virginia because we have fall winter that it gets cold and so I'm going to need pants I'm going to need boots I'm going to need sweaters some of the regular refresh for comfort and fit and yes even style you know my core style has remained essentially the same over the last 10 years and I do notice you know some embracing of the trends a little bit here and there around the fringes of my wardrobe so a biannual closet audit gives me the flexibility to have a regular refresh for fit comfort style desire and quality without doing a full overhaul and really this is the key without spending my whole the periphery of my whole life thinking about clothes i open up the floodgates for a couple weeks in the spring and a couple weeks in the fall and other than that i don't think about buying clothes i don't pay attention to what is coming out i don't wander through the aisles at any clothing stores i don't shop online i buy clothes twice a year during our biannual closet audit and other than that I'm free from having to think about it, and that is so empowering. Okay, okay, you get it, right? It's really great. It's confidence-building. It gives you back time, money, and energy, flexibility. So how do I go about this process? What does the biannual closet audit actually look like? That is what I'm going to explain right now. We're heading into this season over the next – Probably in about a week or two, I'm going to start this process and I do it with myself and with each of my kids. Dave manages his own clothes. I don't worry about what he does. He always looks great and I'm happy for him to wear and to shop for his clothes however he sees fit. I love managing it for myself and I also, because I assume the responsibility in our home for our kids' clothes, it's something that I do together with them one at a time over uh, about a week period each. The first step in the closet audit is to take a really clear inventory of what is already there for the season. So I have one box of spring summer clothes that are strictly spring summer a lot of the things in my closet sort of mix between seasons like some t-shirts for example and then I have some things that I I don't ever wear a pair of shorts in the winter unless I go on vacation so my spring summer clothes live in a box and at the beginning of this audit I'll open up the box and take a full inventory of what is there and I will try it all on try it on for fit, try it on for comfort, look at myself in the mirror and ask myself, do I still love this? Is this something that I still want to wear this year? Do I see myself being able to mix and match this well in this upcoming season? Once I have an inventory of what I already have that I love, then I can evaluate what is missing, if there are any holes in the overall wardrobe for the season. Often, I'll have a little bit of an idea of something that I think I would like to wear. And often, this is a, one of those fringe trend things. For example, when I was recently traveling, I was wearing my high tops a lot, and I love my high tops, and I also started seeing these platform high tops, and I thought, you know what, it could be really fun this spring, summer, to wear a pair of those platform high tops that might be a fun mix to add in with the other things that I already have so I'll take a look and I like to have a basic outline for the things that I think that I need I actually don't have this written down but in the worksheets I I outlined a general idea of about what I think works for me and yours could be very different I generally for myself In the spring summer, I like to have about five pairs of shorts, about five summer dresses. I like to wear dresses a lot in the spring summer. I have five to six swimsuits. I like to have two to three pairs of sandals, two to three pairs of sneakers. I have about 10 to 15 t-shirts and tank tops that I will rotate and wear often. Two to three sweatshirts, one to two fun hats and a couple specific swim cover-ups that i can't really wear as dresses i have a couple that are like translucent or things that i can't wear as a dress that doesn't really count as a dress but counts more as a swim cover-up that and that's kind of what works for me so i'll take everything out check on the fit and quality evaluate the styles like am i still going to wear this do i still like this and if i don't if i try something on i think yeah i'm kind of over it i don't really like it anymore and it doesn't even have to be that it doesn't fit it can simply be that I've that I'm I don't love it anymore. I'm kind of tired of it. Number 1, I pay attention. What is it that I don't love about it? Because I want to prevent in the future adding things to my closet that I don't love for very long. I'd rather have something that I love for a long time that I can wear multiple seasons and multiple years in a row. And so if I the things that I get rid of, I like to pay attention to what is it about them that I don't love so that I don't repeat that purchase that type of purchase this has really informed my style it's really informed the way that i mentioned earlier in the show that i can try something on and say oh this is so cute but i know i'm not going to wear it for very long and that helps me choose things that are more sustainable that are longer lasting that are better quality that i'll wear often many of the things in my closet i've had for years many of the clothing pieces that i wear i've worn over and over and over again and i get excited to see them when i pull them out in the spring in fact i was looking for a pair of sandals for our trip to portugal and so i opened opened up my spring summer box which i haven't for months and i got a little rush of excitement seeing some of the clothes that i have that i wear during the spring summer that i really like and i've kind of missed and i thought i mean of course i think i was excited that it's going to be time to wear shorts again soon I also really like the things that I have and that is so fun to be excited about clothes. Not only be excited about new clothes that I go shopping for but be excited about the clothes that I have in my closet. Be happy to get dressed every day. That feels so fun. It feels so good. So I get to this point where I've tried on the clothes, checked the fit and quality, gotten rid or donated the things that I don't love anymore, evaluated the styles, determined the holes of what are the things that I need or that I want. And I'm totally okay with like one or two trend pieces that will probably not stick around forever, but that I will kind of update the look of the whole wardrobe. For example, last fall, I bought a pair of bootcut jeans, which I hadn't worn bootcut jeans probably since high school. I've worn skinny jeans, and I have skinny jeans that I love, and I've worn, you know, for 10 years. And then bootcut jeans started to make an appearance again in the last couple years, and I thought, I would love to, wear you know, try a pair of bootcut jeans again. So I bought one, and I wore them all winter, and I love them, and I don't think that that's going away. So I have a pair that when I wore my bootcut jeans with one of my sweaters that I've had for five years – It updated the whole outfit. It just, you know, helped things kind of feel a little bit more present. And so being able to add a couple little pieces to refresh the whole thing feels really fun. After this process, I list out my needs. I don't only think about what are the things that I need or what are the holes in the closet. I I actually list them out. I write down two graphic t-shirts. I write down one pair of leather sandals. I write down one cozy sweatshirt and i have a list what it is that i need and i also like to create a budget how much money do i want to invest in these pieces for this season after i have gone through those steps and i have a list and a budget that's when i do my shopping and i do my shopping with intention I like to shop first from secondhand sources. There's a great couple consignment stores here in Richmond that I will go to first and see if they have something that fits the need that I'm looking for. If they don't, then I'll look online at Poshmark or at ThreadUp and see if I can find it secondhand online. If those sources uh, don't work out, then next I like to turn to sustainable, ethically sourced shops. So places like Able, um, places like Somersault for swimsuits. I have an entire master list of uh, conscious companies on my blog, and I will link that in the show notes if you're looking for a little bit more sustainable way to shop or you don't know where to start with that. There's a whole list that I put together of companies that I really love that have more sustainable practices. And then finally, I will look at local boutiques or smaller shops. I try to Go through that list in that order and then, very last, look at major retailers like going to Nordstrom or going to somewhere like a big shop. I, if I can, and because I'm only doing this for a small amount of time, twice a year, I really have this focus time where I can spend the extra intention of looking, you know, kind of doing a treasure hunt and looking for secondhand sustainable and small shop pieces that feel more intentional to me that align better with my values and that I feel like make a positive impact outside of just my closet make a positive impact in other ways as well if I were shopping all the time throughout the whole year it would probably be harder or feel like a a much heavier burden to spend the time and it wouldn't be as convenient as like picking stuff up at target for example because i limit my closet audit and shopping to a couple specific periods during the year i feel like i can pour in that level of intention and that feels really good to me it feels really fun to focus on it and then once i'm done and i've got everything that i need i close it up and say that's it that's the spring summer wardrobe and that's it i just mix and match it and i enjoy it and i wear it and i love it and i don't think about clothes again other than putting them on and taking them off until the next audit six months later if this sounds crazy to you because your regular habit is to just sort of browse you know frequently or or if it's part of your routine to wander through the aisles and pick things up that are cute or to drop by the mall that's totally okay i want to tell you that a couple beliefs fundamental beliefs that help me in this process are less can be better i want to put what i love on repeat and also it's okay for me to like things and not buy them it's okay for me to see something when I'm you know, going to Target to get Band-Aids and I see a really cute dress. It's okay for me to say, wow, that's so cute. I love that. And to leave it on the shelf or leave it hanging up. I don't have to continually be adding things just because I like them. I allow myself to spend a lot of time for just a week or two focusing on this and building a wardrobe that I love And then to acknowledge that I'm going to see things for the next six months that I love and that I think, oh, that'd be so fun to have that. I would love to wear that. And also to remember that I already have a closet full of clothes that I love and I don't need to continually be adding to it. In fact, my life is better and easier and more simple and more manageable and I have more time and energy and money available because I've consolidated this process into this biannual closet audit it benefits me i don't feel like i'm depriving myself i feel like i'm adding to my life like i'm giving myself more confidence more style more intention more time i'm more confident in my clothes i feel more like myself because of this process so I know that it wouldn't work for everyone and I I definitely am not sharing this to tell you that this is the way that I think that people should shop because I don't believe in that. There's no should. There's no one right way to do this. And if you feel like you're a little lost if in your closet, if you feel like you're spending way more time, money and energy on clothes than you want to and yet you still don't feel like you have anything to wear, if you don't love getting dressed every day, you may want to try something like this you may want to give it a give it a go and see if it doesn't improve your lifestyle to focus with intention and then close the door and not continually you know dribble energy and money and time and thought across the whole year went on something that you could do in a, a little bit tighter of a process So let's talk for just a second about how I do this with my kids. It's very similar to the way that I do it for myself. I am managing some hand-me-downs between my oldest and my middle uh, on a lesser degree between my middle and my youngest. So I usually start at the top. I start with Milo and we pull out all of his clothes and he tries them all on. And usually because he's growing so fast, most of them don't fit anymore by the time we're getting to the end of the season. I noticed, actually, I just came home from vacation and noticed Elliot was wearing a pair of Milo's pants, and I said, oh, did Milo give those to you? He said, yeah, they don't fit him anymore. So we really are coming up on this time where Milo's spring-summer wardrobe is going to be all new clothes that are a different size than before and with kids this is often the case about every six months it's time for an upgrade I mean of course if you have a little tiny one it's like every two months that they grow out of their clothes but I feel like once kids are stable like four or five it's about every six months that you really need to do an update in the sizing of their clothes so this has worked out really well because I'm not often going to buy new clothes mid-season anyway Um, they're usually if we're sizing them appropriately a pair of pants will last from September until February even if they've grown if we've bought the correct size you know of course as just a caveat here a little asterisk if your child grows in the middle of a season it's a good idea to buy clothes that fit them <laughs> and in my experience with my three kids i haven't had to do a whole lot of that because we've been able to assemble their capsule seasonal wardrobe and then not worry about it again until the next season and my kids really look forward to this it's actually been a really fun part of the way we interact and also milo has been talking about the types of clothes that he wants to wear this spring summer and he knows that we're going to go and choose some new clothes and he gets to have a say in what they look like and how they feel and what style he wants to explore so the steps are the same take out all the clothes check for fit quality evaluate the style do they still like it do they not donate or set aside for the next child what doesn't fit what they don't like anymore determine what they need for the upcoming season and for growing kids it might be like a whole list of things so for my boys i think about seven to ten t-shirts five to seven pairs of shorts a pair of tennis shoes a pair of sandals three to five swimsuits Two to three sweatshirts, church clothes, of course, underwears and socks. And, you know, if they have specialty soccer clothes or whatever, that's about what we do per season. And for Plum, the only change is that we she loves to wear dresses as well. So we add in dresses. Um, for all the kids, I like them to have a sun hat, a pair of sunglasses, you know, some of those extra things per season. We can sort of reevaluate and audit and make sure that they've got that. So they're all set for when we go to the beach or whatever. And we'll have this list. And I do the same thing for the kids that I do for myself. We list out their needs, we determine a budget, and then we go shopping. And we do this shopping first, secondhand. We go to the consignment store, we go to the secondhand shop, and then we look at sustainable sources. H&M has some great uh, eco-conscious clothing. They have like a whole line of eco-conscious clothing Tea Collection has great sustainable practices. Hannah Anderson has uh, great sustainable practices that we like. REI, Patagonia, those are places that we we like to find some of their clothes uh, if we can't find them secondhand. And then we'll go to a fun local shop and choose a couple pieces there and fill in the rest of the holes with major retailers. So same process that we go through. The difference is when we get to my second child, he not only has his own clothes to go through and evaluate, but we also then look at all of Milo's clothes. So the secondhand clothes coming down from his older brother, we add that to what he's looking at for this year and for the for the upcoming season. And then the same thing for plum, that there's a few things that cross over you know, some sweatshirts or pajamas, things like that, that will cross over from what Elliot wears to what Plum wears if she likes it. With each of the kiddos, we have their list and we make this kind of a a one-on-one affair. It's really fun where I'll take them individually on sort of a a capsule wardrobe date and we'll go look for some of the things on the list it's a fun math process too math project because they have a budget and so we are sort of subtracting from the budget and they're evaluating you know do I love these for that price how am I going to be able to fit that in and uh, we all take them to lunch and then at the end of this whole process this is kind of a silly thing but it's been so fun for us at the end of the whole closet audit process my kids will each do a fashion show. We'll get home and after all three of them, we've gone through this process and we've put away all of their winter clothes. You know, if we're talking about spring, summer, which is coming up, we've put away the clothes that, uh, that you know, long pants and sweaters and jackets and things that they're not going to wear for the spring, summer. They have their new capsule collection and they do a fashion show and we all watch as they try on and mix and match the things that they've got it doesn't take very long because it's not like this overwhelming amount of clothes it's so fun to celebrate this new season and their their fun clothes and their identities going into the in into the next six months They get excited about all of the possibilities ahead. We've thought through some of the activities or if we're going on trips or if we have any special things that are coming up so that we can plan for those. And then we all put our clothes away and just enjoy them. We just enjoy them and don't worry about adding more until the season changes again. That's the basic process. The biannual closet audit is a process a system for making sure that we have everything that we need to wear and feel comfortable and confident in our clothes and to do it in a way that we it takes the least amount of time and energy (laughs) possible it frees up the rest of the year to just enjoy being and to not think about clothes and not think about adding things to Our closet and not think about shopping all of the time as a hobby. It allows us to use the focus and intention that we want to be specific and to be thoughtful about what we're adding to our closet in particular, and then to just relax and be done thinking about it. Whenever I do an episode like this, I definitely get a lot of what ifs, these scenarios of, well, what if my child needs something? What if I realize, you know, I get invited to a black tie event halfway through the season and I don't have a black tie event outfit? All of those what ifs are so personal uh, and you can, I mean, there's always solutions to that. Number one, this is a process, like a personal process. And so if we go through this process and then as an outlier, there's an opportunity to go to a fun event and I want to buy a dress for it, then I'll, I'll do that. I don't feel bad about that. The the purpose is to make my life easier. The purpose is to make uh, my time feel more free and to not have so much of my focus on like a regular weekly or monthly basis be on clothing because I know that we've got that covered and so then we're done. I don't want to have the system be managing me. I manage the system. I create the system to create ease in my life and so for any of those what ifs the choice is up to you I mean if your kid grows out of a pair of shoes midway through the season I'd probably buy him a new pair of shoes and not feel too bad about it but also I remember that there are so many benefits to this the way that I've managed this system in our family over the last several years I don't I personally don't want to be shopping all of the time for clothes I don't want to have a monthly budget for clothes that I'm you know, out looking for what is the new thing or what's on the shelf right now or that's going to look so cute on her or that's going to be so so cute on me. I don't want to think about it all the time. I want to know that my clothes are working for me and also that I don't have to think about it all the time. That works for me, and it's been so fun and wonderful. And if there's a random thing on this trip to Portugal, I saw a sweater in a little shop that I loved, and I tried it on. I was like, This is so cute. I love it. And so I bought it, and I'm going to wear it all spring, and then I'm going to put it away, and I'm going to wear it all fall and winter next year, and then the year after that, probably. It's okay to have exceptions to your own rule. There's no right or wrong way to do this. This is just the way that it that has created such ease and confidence in my life and in my family's life definitely helped as a mom to have a system around the way that clothes come in and out of my kids' closets so that their their wardrobes don't feel out of control for me they always I know they have what they need because we just looked at it you know no more than 6 months go by before I've looked at every piece of clothes that my kids have and because we have an edited system where they don't have you know, unlimited amounts of clothes. It's a really, it's a fairly simple thing to do. We spend this chunk of time managing it and then we let it roll. And then we go back to it six months later and then we let it roll. It's been really great. And I hope that in listening to the process and listening to the way that I think about our closets uh, as a minimalist, intentional family, that you've gotten some ideas of how something like this or pieces of it, or even beliefs around it may serve you and help you in your family life, in your personal life, helping you feel confident about what you're wearing, helping you uh, give yourself permission to only wear things that you love, to allow yourself the space, even if it's only five shirts that you put on repeat, but you love them all, that feels better to me than 25 that I sort of feel meh about. I would rather only have things that I love. When you only have things that you love, you wake up every day happy to get dressed. You're excited to put your clothes on. And that excitement and confidence then can, you know, blend or or blur into other areas of your life that feels really good. Because this episode did kind of walk you through the steps of a process, I have worksheets, like I mentioned, um, free PDF downloads available on the show notes, livefreecreative.co slash Podcast, episode 174. You can download those and use them as you're thinking about the way pieces of this or or this process might work for you and your family. I hope that you've enjoyed the show. I hope that if you try out this process or you've gleaned any wisdom from it that you will let me know. You can send me a message on Instagram at LiveFreeMiranda or comment on the show notes. I always love to hear what you think about the things that I'm sharing. And I hope that you have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.